Welcome to Stock Talk, the new Stockhouse podcast series that brings you behind the scenes insights into trending topics from capital markets, influencers, and entrepreneurs, broadcasting from the heart of the financial district in beautiful downtown Vancouver. Welcome to the Stock Talk Cannabis Podcast. This podcast is part of our CEO interview series, where our mission is to help listeners and investors understand more about investment opportunities in the public marketplace. I'm Dave Jackson. Hill Street Beverage Company, Inc. boasts some of the most infused beverage sectors, most innovative and bold marketing initiatives to capture a huge new audience that's looking for a healthier lifestyle alternative to alcohol-based beverages. This has proven to be a rapidly growing market that is anything but niche. Hill Street are producers of the world's first alcohol-free premium craft beer. The company has won numerous international awards for its alcohol-free beers and wines, They've been at the forefront of a campaign to raise awareness of the health risks associated with alcohol consumption. Having solely focused on producing world-class alcohol-free beer and wine since the company's inception in 2008 gives the company a huge jump start over the big booze partnerships with cannabis companies. Thus, its decade-plus head start on positioning itself in this market and in developing market penetration strategies makes Hill Street truly unique to this space. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol, appropriately, beer. Today, we're happy to be joined by company chairman and CEO, Terry Donnelly. Terry has over 30 years' experience in marketing and advertising. Prior to joining Hill Street, he served as chief marketing officer for MDC Partners, the largest Canadian marketing services company with $1.3 billion in revenues and over 17,000 employees. He was the co-founder of AdCentricity, EVP of Digital at Mandrake, and a board member investor in six private and six public corporations, including two TSX-listed companies. Thank you very much for joining us today, Terry. Dave, it's a pleasure to join you. It's a beautiful, sunny Friday afternoon that we're recording this, and uh, delighted to uh, get to spend some time with you. Well, it's sunny in Toronto, unfortunately, here on the West Coast. We're experiencing a a little bit of a gray day, but uh, the weekend's coming up, so we're still looking forward to it. Either way, we'll take it. Either way. So, Terry, to start off with, can you just give us a brief update uh, for our investors and your Hill Street shareholders on, you know, any new company developments, you know, especially in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, we are are really, you know, quite uh, blessed to have been considered part of the essential food chain, uh, the essential uh, industry as a food and beverage company through COVID. And so we, we definitely got hit like every other business, but not nearly as bad, I think, as quite a few, especially if you are in the restaurant sector or some of the food service sectors. You know, I feel terrible for people who make beer kegs, right? Mm-hmm. 100% of their business is just gone. Um, but we, we've been able to continue to uh, grow through the first quarter. Um, you know, we're certainly seeing the impact uh, that we saw in March with literally all of the decline in sales that we, we, we were trending right on track through the first two months of the year. And then, you know, even with getting to the end of March, the end of our third quarter in the fiscal year, um, we're still posting the 5% year on year growth. Uh, you know, we, we do expect that the impact will be felt through this, this final quarter in the fiscal year, but uh, we're still, uh, you know, looking at numbers that we consider to be decent and respectable numbers, mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting good orders still from the retail business. 
And, and we're just using this time uh, to really focus on getting our cannabis products locked down, getting them, uh, pardon the pun, uh, but <laughs> get, getting the products really finalized and, and getting the partnerships that we need uh, for co-packing and production and distribution uh, so that we can get the cannabis products to market as soon as possible. So that's how we've been spending our time. Um, you know, we, we found the transition through the lockdown period pretty seamless simply because our executive team all tend to work from home offices anyway. So we really didn't have any impact on operations. Yes. Uh, just more dealing with the uncertainty from the retail sector, the food sector. Uh, but that seems to be, uh, they're coming to grips with it. And, and uh, we hope we can continue to post the solid numbers in spite of the uh, the pandemic and uh, and then we're we're really excited about getting the cannabis product on the marketplace as soon as we can. Well, speaking of posting solid numbers, uh, Hill Street just posted its recent Q3 2020 report, and uh, your year-to-date net revenue has increased five percent. You know, in spite of the retail pullback due to COVID nineteen. So, this is really quite remarkable, Terry. Can you explain how? Well, I mean, it was because we had we had good numbers going into the third quarter. And if we analyzed our numbers on a month-by-month basis, 100% of the decline that we felt was literally in the month of March, where on a pro rata basis compared March to March, we actually had a, a 50% decline in revenues in March directly related to, to the pandemic. But because we had posted really strong numbers in January and February, on a combined basis, uh, we're still ahead year over year. Um, so we're still feeling good because the retail marketplace, while they kind of went into a, a bit of a crisis mode in March, uh, and everybody just kind of stopped everything. Um, and then they really started to kind of connect and started to put some more orders in in May, getting settled in as to what the pandemic would do from a, a business standpoint. Right. And, uh, so we're starting to see things kind of get a little bit returned to as much as what one could consider normal, considering we're still in a state of emergency. We're still in lockdown. Um, businesses are still not really open, you know, opening up. We're only in kind of phase two of opening up here in Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, which is just beginning this week. Um, so, so you know, we're, we're feeling good about our position and how we've been able to respond and to make make sure that our suppliers and our customers uh, have the products that they need and we're able to fulfill on those orders and, and keep the, the sell-through rates uh, on a healthy basis. Um, as a company, you know, we took some uh, strong measures in the beginning of the year uh, to really right-size our business to make sure that we were uh, structured to go into the cannabis space uh, properly. So, so we've, you know, we've kind of, gotten our cost structure in line with what we expect we'll be able to generate. So, you know, we're, we're, we're confident that we've got, uh, uh, you know, the right team and the right, the right people in the right roles and that we're going into the cannabis marketplace with a, a strong growth mindset. Oh, that's great news for investors and shareholders, Terry. Now, it's been about five months since we published our last big editorial for you. So can you give us a general <laughs> overview and update on what's been going on at Hill Street so far in 2020? Yeah, so we, we've had a, a real growth of our social media activity, building our brand. Mm. Um, and that's really driven quite significant e-commerce revenues, uh, especially coming out of the U.S. 
you know, we sort of joked uh, when when the pandemic hit, we started getting noticed by a lot of American consumers. And I said, you know, our, our revenues to the from the states, uh, they grew from nothing to next to nothing, and then from next to nothing to definitely not nothing. And we're now at a state where the revenues coming out of the states are actually something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so we're it's time to start investing in that category and, and really seeing if we can drive e-commerce revenues and then ultimately gain retail distribution for our brands in the U.S. So that's one of the, the channels that we're exploring and, and uh, really putting our toe in the water with gaining uh, uh, more presence from an e-com standpoint and to, to ultimately getting into the BevMos and the total wines in the U.S. Now, Terry, Stockhouse investors know all too well that 2019 was a pretty rough year in the cannabis space. How has Hill Street positioned itself to ride out the storm this year? Well, as I said, in January, we took, you know, we kind of saw the impact of what was happening in our business, uh, you know, in the the latter part of the year. So, uh, so we, we raised some capital, uh, both recently in, in, uh, beginning of May and in December. Uh, so we, we, we are, you know, lean, mean fighting machine. Um, you know, with our, our team kind of structured properly and, and we're, we're really focused on driving growth and getting the cannabis products uh, to market. The nice thing is, is that our, our, our sort of asset light model is now being touted as the right model to approach uh, in the cannabis sector. Well, that's kind of par for the course for those of us that come out of the consumer goods business. And so, so we're, we've been applying those principles since day one. You know, we're not a we're not a co- we're not a, a, a cultivator. We don't have a million square feet of greenhouse space with a cost structure. You know, we buy input ingredients, we use co-packers, and then we sell the product through and earn a margin uh, on the on the finished goods and, and hope to build a brand that consumers can grow to trust and appreciate. And so we we believe we've got one of the best infusion technologies in the market. Yes, uh, that allows us to create. Uh, a really great consumer experience with highly accurate and consistent dosing and and rapid onset and and a reasonable duration of the effect you know something that really closely mirrors the onset and duration of drinking a glass of wine or having a beer and so so we're we're we've got what we believe are the right components great tasting beverages great infusion technology and the ability to execute and gain distribution at retail so, so we've been setting up all of those meetings with the cannabis retailers, forming partnerships and, and making sure that we'll have strong distribution when our products come to market uh, the first time and that we'll have great flavors and, and a great experience for consumers that will make them uh, a very, you know, we hope a very successful brand in the cannabis sector. Well, now that you've become a fully branded focused company with, uh, within the crowded competitive cannabis infusibles marketplace, what really separates Hill Street from the competition? Well, I, I think, you know, the first thing is, you know, in the, at the end of the day, consumers want to drink something or consume something that's enjoyable. Yes. And I think what we're seeing in the market is people are really responding um, with a, a, a kind of a, a meh as it relates to the flavors and the tastes that people are putting out, and even with some, you know, really negative reviews of the products that have hit the market. You know, the, the levels, you know, if it's a CBD product, 
10 milligrams of beverage. Right. That's, you know, I, I, I equate that to taking, you know, a, a quarter of a vitamin C tablet and expecting that it's going to cure the common cold. Well, we all know that's not going to happen. So, so with CBD, you've got to have the right dosage levels. You've got to deliver experiences for consumers that, that meet their expectations and, and give them something that's really worth the money they're investing in what is on the marketplace, anywhere from, you know, five bucks to 10 bucks a serving. Right. Uh, you know, you compare that to alcohol and, you know, at 10 bucks a serving at the retail store, that's a 40, $50 bottle of wine. Yeah. Right. And so if you're going to buy a 40 or $50 bottle of wine, um, and get four or five servings out of it, you want it to be a, a pretty special occasion. You want it to really deliver the goods. And so that's been our focus is, is developing flavors, sophisticated flavors and tastes that people can really enjoy. And then focus on an infusion technology that really delivers the kind of experience that consumers want. Yeah. And when it comes to a CBD-infused product, making sure that the dosage levels actually deliver for consumers something that's worth the dollars they're prepared to invest in, in our products. So, so, you know, that's, that's what we hope to do. And, and we hope that we'll take a, a leadership position in the market when the products come finally become available. Right. Now you just talked a little bit about the, you know, the flavor profiles in your beverages. I've personally, I've had the alcohol-free uh, Hill Street uh, beer. I think it's fantastic. It's the closest I've ever experienced to the real thing. So kudos uh, to you guys on that. Thank you. Yeah. And the question is, though, is how do you actually remove the taste of cannabis from those beverages? It's really, well, it really the, is a science. Yeah, it's, it really is a science. And it's, it's one of the things that's, Choosing the right input material and, and making sure that that the input material that you are working with, and, and we always you know believe in wherever possible working with a whole plant extract. We all know about the entourage effect, and so working with an isolate or a distillate eliminates many of the the terpenes and the other flavonoids and, and even the minor cannabinoids that that create the entourage effect for consumers. Yeah. So, so you've got to work with the right input material, and then you've got to use the right processing, the right process to be able to deliver an experience for consumers that delivers what they're expecting. And, and that's, you know, what we see in the market is products that aren't shelf stable, uh, products that are, that are nano emulsified. And I would basically, you know, suggest to people that you know, 100% of the beverages that are on the market right now, both in Canada and the U.S., mm -hmm. use nanoemulsification. Well, nanoemulsification is just a really small particle of oil. So it's still an oil. So you're still getting that kind of 11-hydroxy feeling that isn't the feeling that, that people want from smoking or vaping. It's that kind of body stone. And, and it's not shelf-stable. Like, you haven't really converted the cannabis input into something that's stabilized. So that's where you run into these problems like having the oil stick to the can liner. Yes. Right? Or, or needing to keep something refrigerated. Um, and, and or having, you know, people that need to use a lot of sweeteners or sugar or those kinds of things to mask the flavor of the cannabis. The beautiful thing about the technology that we use 
is that essentially it retains all of the attributes of a full spectrum oil, but it, it renders that oil into an odorless and tasteless powder that's completely shelf stable and fully water soluble. Wow. Uh, it's, it's not suspended in water. Mm. It's actually dissolved in the water. So that allows us to create shelf-stable beverages with nuanced flavors like a Sauvignon Blanc or a Chardonnay, like lovely wines or, uh, or, or, or those kinds of products, and, and deliver both the taste and the experience combined that we're really excited to get to market. So, so and then, then there's because we're working with a powder, um, it allows us to create new form factors like drink mixes or capsules or tablets, uh, effervescent tablets, um, you know, pills so that you can actually, uh, you know, take uh, a pill and have the immediate response that you get from our beverage only in a form factor that's super discreet and easy to carry mm-hmm. around. But then finally, we, we actually struck a partnership, as I think you know, with with Luxaria to be to be the exclusive manufacturing partner for Luxaria uh, of the of the cannabis powder, and and we're going to be selling that as an ingredient to any LP that wants to make a beverage or wants to make an edible, uh, and that they can then use that as an ingredient for any edible form or of infused cannabis. It also works as as a topical as well. Um, so so hopefully we'll see a whole new category of products coming up made with ingredients that we are producing and, um, and that can give consumers, you know, really the, the deliver on the expectations that have been created for cannabis beverages and edibles. Yeah, it's a fantastic product, Terry. And uh, I think that as a consumer myself, that this is really the future, especially for non-combustible products. Um, once yeah. again, as you mentioned, uh, you know, discreet. I yeah. really, I, I'm completely on board 100%. So, I yeah, usually and, try and, to keep and, it a little bit more objective, but I, I'm, I just think it's a fantastic yeah. uh, business and, model. Yeah. And, and I think I think BDS Analytics, you know, they they published some research two weeks ago that we we looked at and just went, okay, well, this is works directly and it plays directly into our business model. And it was in 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 the research that they did, they showed about 38 percent of Canadians had consumed cannabis in the last uh, six months. Right. So they considered, you know, 38 percent of Canadians to be cannabis consumers. Because they consumed it at least once. That means that, you know, they're actually in the market. Another 30% of Canadians were, were willing to try, were interested in trying, but were not interested in smoking or vaping. And, and it's basically this mindset that yeah. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to put smoke or vape in my lungs. Correct. I, if I'm going to ingest something, I want to consume it the way that I normally consume. And, and that's really, you know, consistent with the research we've seen time and time again is that when that group of consumers wakes up and starts to find these products to discover them, uh, that they'll really see the benefit of having a great tasting alternative to alcohol. No calories, no hangover, and doesn't conflict with any of their medications. Yeah. So we think those are really compelling benefits and you know, really solve a lot of the issues that are caused by alcohol. Um, and, and give people the ability to really enjoy the benefits that cannabis can bring them, all of the potential that the plant brings, both from yes. a wellness as well as a recreational standpoint. And uh, so we're, we're just think that the market will grow quite significantly over the next three to five years 
And I, I think one thing that's really important is if you go back two years ago, um, only about 18% of the country were cannabis consumers. Well, now you've got 38%. Yes. And when these cannabis 2.0 products finally get into distribution in any significant way, you could see up to 68% of the country being possible consumers. So, so the market potential, we believe, is really strong, and we're just at the very, very beginning days of it. Yeah, 100%. Now, Terry, value and opportunity, these are industry catchphrases that really get the attention of the cannabis sector investment community. Mm-hmm. What can you tell them that really makes Hill Street so intriguing and attractive them from an investment point of view? Well, I think from an investment thesis standpoint, you've got basic fundamentals of, a, of an established industry. If you look at the alcohol sector, you have about 50% of alcohol consumers looking to reduce their alcohol intake. And so we see alcohol globally shrinking in volume every year by about 1%. Now, that's a trillion-dollar industry yes. globally. And so when you think of 1%, that's $10 billion that it is shrinking by. So that opportunity is there to siphon off those consumers with an alternative that solves the issues that they're looking to resolve. And as I said, over 50%, about 52% of alcohol consumers are for health reasons looking to reduce their alcohol intake. And so cannabis really provides really the first real alternative to alcohol in that it can provide the social intoxication at levels and in a time frame that match the same occasions that one would consume alcohol. So all we need to do is put the product in the market and have it properly distributed and the stigma will disappear. It has been disappearing. It's been declining dramatically. And so it's, a, it's you know, you can't look at this over the next three months. No. You know, this is the kind of industry that you look at on a macro level over the next 20 years. And so when you view it through that lens, and you say wine, as an example, in Canada, wine is a $9 billion business. What percentage of the wine industry could theoretically be converted from consuming wine to consuming infused wine? And our research shows it's about 30%. That's well, a that's big number. $2.7 billion. Yeah. Now, if Hill Street can capture 10% of that market, that's $270 million. And as a market valuation, we're a tiny little company with a $7 million market cap today. You know, what would we be worth if we were able to capture even 1% of the wine market? Absolutely. And so when you start putting it in that context, then you go, okay, as long as our company can continue to execute, can continue to just keep plugging away with tenacity and sustainability in delivering products that taste great and meet the needs of those people seeking the alternative to alcohol, we'll continue to grow. And I think you've seen that in the numbers we're posting on the alcohol-free side of the business. And the cannabis marketplace is about, (laughs) and and just do the math on this, so you have 30% of alcohol consumers willing to try cannabis, especially as a beverage form. Right now, the non-alcoholic wine marketplace is about 0.2% of the wine industry. And we've been able to capture against some of the biggest brands in the world about 15% of that market. Right. So it's even higher in Ontario. 
We're about 18% market share in Ontario. So, so when you look at our ability to execute in a super small, tiny little segment, which is the non-alcoholic wine and beer market, and then you say, okay, well, how well will we do coming up into a marketplace where 30% of the consumers are looking for this versus 0.2%? And, and you get into a sort of a, a, an ability to capture a, a marketplace that is an order of magnitude larger than the one that we've been testing and experimenting with. And so that's really for us, you know, the non-alcoholic wine market is just a marketing platform and a test market for us to be able to develop the plans, develop the products, produce the, get the product formulations right so that we can tackle this much bigger business opportunity, which is the cannabis infused beverage segment. So we're, we're just on the verge of, of getting there. So we're pretty excited about, you know, everything we've learned over the past number of years and being able to apply that to cannabis. Well, it's an exploding market segment, and uh, there's no doubt you're part of that growth metric. What can you tell our investor audience moving forward regarding, yes, you're a small cap company, but the valuation mm-hmm. of your stock and why it's a yeah. good value buy right now? Well, I think if you if you compared, you know, every dollar of revenue that we're doing in the alcohol-free segment, you know, if you did a just a, an analysis of relative valuations of Hill Street to any other company who's competing in the cannabis beverage sector, I think you'll see where the value lies relative to Hill Street versus the others. And and then if you if you look at our ability to execute. Our, our growth in distribution that we've had in the grocery world. You know, we've gone from probably 500 stores in 2018 to 5,000 stores, you know, 6,000 stores in that kind of range in, in 2020. Uh, we're still adding listings. We're still adding SKUs. So that distribution is actually continuing to increase. We're only in about maybe two-thirds of the, of the grocery business in Canada. Mm. So we still have a long way to go to really get to, to full market penetration in the grocery sector. And that's, you know, if you look at the last couple of years since we took over the company, what we've been able to do in, in this tiny little niche market, which is the alcohol-free category, um, and just extrapolate that into our ability to execute in cannabis. And so you compare that to companies that are run by people who don't have the same kind of skill set that we do, that don't have... 150 years of beverage industry experience on our management team and our board that, you know, once we get into the cannabis marketplace, that's really where the rubber hits the road for us. And and we just think that, uh, you know, we're going to use all the tools at our disposal to create strong strategic partnerships with the retailers to really be a great supplier to the distributors and the wholesalers in the same way that, that we've been able to builds great relationships with retail. We're the number one supplier of non-alcoholic beverages to Loblaws, yep. the largest retailer in the country. And that's from literally a standing start, you know, mm. two and a half years ago. So when you look at it in that context, then you go, okay, you know, this is probably a team that knows what they're doing. And we've had some regulatory challenges meeting the expectations of regulators. And, and we've been hit with the same issues from a capital market standpoint. But we've, you know, we've survived. We've not only survived, we've thrived. We're continuing to grow. And, and we've been able to continue to raise capital, to continue to grow our business. And I think when you put all those pieces together, I hope we make a pretty compelling 
pictures to say, you know, these guys actually uh, look like they've got a pretty good show. No, I think it's a very compelling uh, business model. I'm uh, very, very happy to have a chat with you again, Terry. Um, be well, stay safe. Thank you very much, Dave, and wish you and your family all the best and uh, have a wonderful weekend. Much appreciated. We've been speaking with Terry Donnelly, CEO of Hill Street Beverage, Inc. I'd like to once again thank Terry for joining us and sharing this helpful and insightful information about Hill Street with our Stockhouse podcast listeners and investors. And don't forget, all of our podcasts are also available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. I'm Dave Jackson for Stockhouse Media and the Stock Talk Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder to follow us on social media at Stockhouse for the latest updates on all your favorite public companies in North America. For more in-depth coverage, industry news, and to connect with our active investor community, you can visit our website at stockhouse.com. Also, don't forget to visit our new and improved Stockhouse Deal Room on site for unique and exclusive private placement opportunities only available on stockhouse.com.